Throughout the years, I've had my fair share of quirky and strange neighbors, but none quite as interesting as Eliza Munez. I met her during my second year of residency at Baylor Medical in Dallas, and from the very first encounter, she immediately caught my attention. I was just stepping out of the elevator and jangling my keys between two people shoving their way out of the emergency stairs and up against the wall. One of them was a tall, slender redhead with a curvy figure and a short black dress with lace stockings under the pumps. She was gorgeous and vivacious as hell, but I immediately felt dirty for thinking such thoughts about a woman that was clearly old enough to be my mother. The man that was pinning her to the wall was younger enough though, probably two or three years older than I, and muscular as heck. The two of them were kissing and moaning like two animals and I rolled my eyes in disgust. In a room, I muttered as I went into my apartment and closed the door. Even then, because of the thin walls, I could hear everything that they did that night, and as embarrassing as it is to admit, I was extremely turned on by the vitality and sexuality of this woman. And I was jealous too, of a life that I would probably never be part of. Two days later, I found out her name thanks to another gentleman caller she had. This one was a Spanish dude that yelled and cussed at her when she threw him out and threatened her. Once again, I was caught in the middle and once he was gone, she ran out into the hallway and tossed his clothes like they were garbage. His dirty pants hit me and I dropped my phone mid-text. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, she said, leaning down to get it. If I wasn't already enamored by her figure, the view would have tipped me over the edge since she was wearing a very thin nightgown. It's fine. Sorry about, um, whoever he was, I said nervously as she passed the phone back to me. Julio? He's nobody, hon, she said, crossing her arms in front of her chest, and then her eyes drifted up and down my figure, like she was sizing me up. I felt so uncomfortable and had butterflies in my stomach that I didn't even pay attention to the question that she was asking me. So she waved her hand in front of me and muttered, Are you deaf, sweetie? I said, what's your name? Uh, uh, Richard. Richard Price, I told her. She told me her name, and I memorized it like it was the only thing in the world that mattered. Hmm. You look about my son's age. Have a good night, Richie. She said with a smile and closed the door. I'm not afraid to admit that I may have had a little fun with myself at the thought of her calling me Richie about three times that night, and almost every other night that week. <laughs> what can I say? I haven't been laid much since I started the job, and this woman and her abundant sexuality was driving me stir-crazy. Every time that she would bring a different man home while I was up late studying, I would hear her and her lover rock the bed, and I would lose all concentration and just end up having to take a cold shower. Eventually, I realized that I would need to work up the courage to actually try to make a move. After all, some of these men were even younger than me, so what was the harm of giving it a go too? Life is too short not to take risks. I said those types of phrases about a zillion times before finally deciding to go over to her apartment one night and ask her out on a date. My plan was simple. I was just going to use some cheesy pickup line and return some mail that accidentally got placed in my box downstairs. Yet instead, that night changed everything. Her door was slightly ajar, as though her and her latest boy toy were 
in such a mood that they couldn't be bothered to even close it. I was just about to turn around and go home, deflated that I'd come on a night that she was busy, when I heard what sounded like a bone crack and a squeal of pain. Immediately, I thought that she was in danger, so I pushed open the door and stepped into the dark room. I heard what sounded like a soft gasping, and I whispered her name. Are you okay? I asked softly as I made my way into the small den of the apartment. The noises were coming from her bedroom. I felt wrong to intrude like this, but it felt like she might be in some kind of danger. The sound of pain was getting worse with each second, and my curiosity got the better of me. What I saw is something I doubt I will ever get out of my mind. At first, I could make out just the curve of her back, but it wasn't the same way that I was used to seeing it at all. It was almost like she was twisting her spine around the man that she was straddling, her body stretching and constricting to surround him in a way like a boa would. As my eyes adjusted to the darkness, I realized that was exactly what was happening. She had managed to contort her entire body and was suffocating the man the way a snake might be preparing to devour its meal. Her breasts were pressed right up against the man's face as he lost all consciousness and then her mouth was stretching and detaching her jaw to allow room for her to allow to swallow him whole. In the middle of this horrific scene, her sparkling green eyes darted up and focused directly on me. Not knowing what else to do, I ran. I didn't look back up until I made it to my apartment and I bolted the door shut. I hardly had time to catch my own breath when I heard a sharp knock at my door. Gazing through the people told me that it was my sultry neighbor standing there in just a gown with her midsection showing and nothing on underneath it. Her torso was still covered in her lover's body. Richie, I need you to let me in, she said in the most sensual voice. I closed my eyes, trying to shake away the visions that I had just seen in her apartment, and I swallowed a gob of air. I'm sorry that you had to see me like that, Eliza told me. If you let me in, I can explain. I saw her lick her fingers as though savoring the last bit of man that she had likely just ripped the head off of. I ignored her. I thought for sure that she was going to smash the door in and smother me, and I wasn't sure whether I found the idea of that sexy or downright terrifying. But surprisingly, she finally left me to my own devices and I slid down onto my apartment carpet and gave a very long sigh of relief. I didn't sleep a wink. I just sat there listening to the sound of her finishing her meal and shuddered involuntarily. I think... I think I might need to break my lease. After my first encounter with Eliza, I did my best to try to avoid any contact with her at all. I think what was the most infuriating was the fact that even though I knew what she was doing to these men, when I heard her getting raunchy, it took almost all of my willpower to not get aroused myself. Was this just because I was a pathetic loser that needed a date? Or was I really infatuated with a woman that was most likely a demon? I found out the answer two days later when she had another encounter in the hallway. She looked tired, like she had spent all her energy coming up the stairs. Then she spotted me and pinned me to the wall, the same way that she had that Spanish guy. 
What? What are you doing? I asked nervously. If this had happened a week ago, I would have been beyond thrilled to be in her arms, but now as her heavy breathing hit the back of my neck and she whispered, I need you. Now. All I could think was, I was about to die. I considered making a cry for help, but the hallway was empty save for the two of us. And the other half of me wanted this so badly, even if it didn't mean that I was going to wind up a meal for this mistress. I was thrilled and enticed all at once. It didn't last long enough, though. That feeling of excitement and titillation because I watched before my eyes this beautiful woman transform into a monster from a legend. First it was her teeth, those perfect row of pearly whites suddenly become elongated and pointed, the way I'm sure many artists render vampires. Then it was her tongue. It unnaturally split down the middle, forking and sliding towards my neck as though she was scenting where best to incapacitate me. Would I even feel anything? Or would this just be a slow, grueling death? Her power over me was unbearable, and I wanted nothing more but to give in. Her seductive green eyes now took on a hypnotic presence. Nothing else in the world mattered except to become her prey. Her neck stretched, her jaw detached in order to prepare to feed, and then I saw a shock in her eyes. I was pulled from the trance and I realized how close to death I had come. My arms were bruised, my legs paralyzed by her grip. And what was it that broke her ritual? It took me a second to see a man standing in the hallway. And it was he that pulled her from her next meal and tossed her aside like a ragdoll. It took me another few moments to recognize that it was Julio the angry lover she had thrown out days before. How could he possibly overpower this goddess? As I stumbled backwards and fell to the floor, I suddenly realized that Julio no longer looked human himself. His chest was exposed and revealed cracks in his skin that resembled a molten rock that threatened to burst from a volcano. His hands were sandpaper, coarse and brittle, but clearly not made of flesh. And his eyes... His perfect composure was now broken as his visage revealed actual fire blazing behind his irises. Eliza was not happy with this interruption and immediately hissed back at her ex the way that a spinning cobra would. They were going to fight and if I didn't get out of the way, I was going to become collateral damage. I crawled backwards out of the way as Julio moved towards her again, slamming his fist against the wall by her head. You dare to disobey your master? Julio said it in an inhuman voice. His fiery fury was threatening to spread towards other parts of his body. Eliza didn't bother to apologize. She snarled and hissed and leapt towards him, her fingernails resembling sharp claws. I was only a few feet away from my doorway. Escape would have been easy. After all, Eliza had tried to kill me, and I didn't feel like this was anything a mere mortal could be involved with but I felt a tinge of guilt that I was considering abandoning her. Especially as I realized that Julio was likely the stronger of the pair. He was easily blocking her blows, and when he did attack, it caused her perfect skin to appear burnt. Was he some kind of fire demon? I also realized that, of the two of them, if I saved Eliza, she would be thankful. I doubted Julio would even bat an eye at killing us both. It was for that reason I convinced myself to stay and see if she needed help. 
Immediately, Julio grabbed her by the throat when she attempted to pounce again, holding her up and causing her feet to dangle. I have been waiting for this moment for nearly 3,000 years. Now, you will die for your sins. He snarled as fire bellowed out of his mouth and his eyes. I instinctively rushed to grab a fire extinguisher. At this rate, he could easily burn down the entire apartment. Without missing a beat, I broke open the glass and grabbed the cylinder, pulling the pin and aiming it at the strange demonic man. Eliza was screaming and shrieking as he tightened his grip and tried to collapse her airways. Then I pointed it towards him and squeezed, sweeping the foam towards his fiery body. Julio let out a roar of frustration and dropped her, futilely trying to block the steady stream with his hands. I barely had any time to know what to do next, nor had I planned ahead. In a few moments, the fire monster would be charging, and the only hiding spot was my apartment a few feet away. I went over to Eliza and helped her up, limping towards the door. I hoped that this would work, but she seemed paralyzed the moment that I tried to go through the entrance, and behind her, Julio was laughing and spinning out more fire, eager to make us both pay now. Invite me, Eliza said desperately as I tried to pull her over the threshold. It sounded like a silly ritual, you know, that just such a simple act could save her, but I did. A few words and she fell into the den of my apartment, gasping for breath. Meanwhile, her hothead ex was stuck at the barrier, glaring at me. You should have not gotten involved, Gringo. Now, as soon as you leave this place, I will kill you. And then, I will kill everyone you care about. He said. I could see that the extinguisher had caused some damage to the left half of his fiery face. His skin cracked and collapsed in on itself as he winced in pain. And you are only fooling yourself if you think that snake will not feed on you once she is at full strength. You've doomed yourself either way. Julio sneered. <laughs> then he stormed back towards the stairs. I looked down at the floor at Eliza's unconscious form, frightened at what I had just gotten myself pulled into. Had this been a trap for her to ultimately get me right where she wanted me? Leaving isn't an option. Calling for help might endanger someone else. No. All I can do now is wait. Wait and hope that Eliza is thankful that I saved her life. Most guys would think that they're lucky to get a gorgeous woman into their apartment all to themselves. But Eliza was not an ordinary woman. If you haven't already heard my first experiences with her, the short version is that she is a beast in the bedroom. Literally. Some of you may have speculated that she might be connected to an ancient beast known as a Lamia, while others have suggested to me that she bears similar abilities to that of a traditional vampire. Well, after what happened yesterday, I'm inclined to believe any crazy theory. The trouble started a few hours after Julio left. I suspected that he was hoping I would let my guard down and venture outside of my apartment. But when Eliza finally regained consciousness, she told me otherwise. The carafew must regain in strength. He will not return until dawn breaks, she said with a weak voice as she struggled to sit up. I offered to help her, but she hissed at me in defiance. If you were to come near me right now, 
I'm not sure that I could resist my primal instincts, she said softly. I did my best to not twist into some kinky roleplay and ask her what she meant. In short, Richie, I need to eat to gain my strength back. Otherwise, none of us will make it out of here alive, she said as she winced in pain. But as long as he can't come inside, we are safe, right? I asked. For now, until Julio grows brains bigger than his balls and realizes he can overcome the seal by burning the entire building down, Eliza muttered. She was sitting at the edge of my bed now, her bare legs showing. I did my best to not get aroused. I felt like an adolescent, driven only by my impulses. This was embarrassing. She smiled, seeing my interest and commented. If I'm ever supposed to thank you properly, then we have to get out of this mess. It didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what she meant, but I also understood that there was an underlying threat laced in her words. If I couldn't save her, Julio would return and he would finish both of us off. Well, it's not like I can just bring someone here and have you eat them, <laughs> I muttered. Eliza blinked those seductive green eyes at me and pitifully asked, Why not? I huffed. I was a bit impulsive, but I wasn't stupid. You're gonna murder them. And last time I checked, that was a crime. She looked at me for a long time and laughed. <laughs> Surely you aren't that naive, Richie. In the short time you have been my neighbor, how many men have you seen me with? I didn't really know of any other way to answer that honestly. Before I could even think it over, she said, if these were men of any consequence, don't you think that the police would be pounding on my door? I am selective with my meals. I choose scum, the lowest of the low, those who deserve to die and won't be forgotten by society. What I do is not evil. It is a service to the place that I have called home for centuries. In many ways, it is like what a spider does to handle flies. I felt my mouth go dry and I looked at my feet shamefully. But you also were going to kill me. A moment of weakness. I've been off my game. I have to eat regularly or more. Animalistic side takes over, she admitted. I swallowed a gob of air and looked towards her. I could see that a portion of her skin was peeling against her face and she looked away shamefully. This is also for your own safety, Richard. I was nearly ready to kill you. Without something soon, I won't be able to stop myself. This was enough to give me pause. I couldn't even imagine the lengths that she would go to fight the urges, but it frightened me. And it terrified me more to disobey. So, despite not having a clue what I was going to do or how, I left the apartment searching for a meal for a monster. Part of me thought that I should just leave, get in my car, drop out of college, and just get out of here. But guilt and probably a bit of curiosity kept me from doing so. Julio would be back and would kill Eliza if she wasn't at full strength. I couldn't have that on my conscience, especially after I misjudged her feeding patterns. I know that most people hearing this would think that it isn't for her to decide who lives and dies, but I've been thinking. She's been around for a few millennia, 
so I feel like she has a better judgment of character than most of us do. And besides, even in my short time here in Dallas, I had definitely seen my fair share of justice that needs to be served. I don't know. Maybe this way my way of convincing myself that I could use my new connection to Eliza as a means to an end. Either way, by the time I reached the bottom follow and saw my apartment super, I knew exactly what I was going to do. Carl has always been a jerk to me, and today was no different. Razi, what the devil are you doing wandering in the lobby? You look like a stalker, he snarled as he spotted me. I thought of all the times that he had joked and said that I was fat or gay, or when he was flirting with a married woman and promised discounts to anyone who would give him sexual favors. That was disgusting, and I couldn't think of a reason why such a horrid human being had escaped Eliza's wrath. There's been a leak in my bathroom that needs fixing. Your maintenance men are slower than molasses. Can you come up and get it going so I can shave? I muttered. I knew he had no way of disproving it, and since it wasn't particularly busy, he went ahead and came along for the ride. You know, if you were half a man, you'd be able to solve these issues, he muttered as he jingled his keys all the way to my front door. Let me go in first. Uh, the place is a mess, I told him. Inside, Eliza had shed more skin. Her upper body was looking more scaly and snake-like by the minute. And when she saw me, I thought for sure that she would attack. Yet instead, all she could do was hiss weakly. Food. I brought something. I admitted as I turned towards the door and told Carl to come inside. What happened in the next five minutes is probably the most grotesque thing that I have ever seen. Seeing what she had done to her lover in the dark a few days prior was nothing compared to this perverted act in broad daylight. As soon as Carl was in the room, she slithered over to him. He was shocked, confused, and I think a bit enticed by her power. I didn't want to watch him getting devoured by the monster, but I found that I couldn't look away. First, she crushed his windpipe so that way he couldn't scream. Then, without waiting for any chance that he might escape, Eliza stretched out her body and allowed the folds of her skin on the side of her bust to expand like a king cobra would. She lowered him into a false sense of security as she began to feed, digging her mouth into his shoulders and neck first. For long, Carl looked like a disemboweled mess or a raggedy and doll that had their stuffing pulled out from them. There was blood everywhere, and I was doing my best not to faint. The rest of my mind was realizing that this could have been me only a few hours ago had Julio not interrupted. That made me physically ill. Had the fire demon saved me? And if so, had I just unwillingly given my captor the power to kill me any time that she wanted? Eliza finished Carl a few moments later, and then told me that she needed to go shed in the restroom. It was disturbing to see her crawl across the floor like a snail would, but for some reason, I still stayed. She told me that it would take a few hours for her old skin to be removed, and she promised me answers as soon as she was done. I've been mesmerized by the bloodstains and asking myself, has this really been worth it? I've definitely gone it over in my head here. Let's start with Eliza Munez and what she told me after she finished shedding her skin. First off, when she left the restroom, she no longer resembled the gorgeous woman that I knew. Instead, this one had 
iridescent skin that shimmered like the blue sky or one of those aliens off of Avatar. Part of it was disturbing, but the rest of it was something that I was totally enamored by. She really was a goddess in human form. Thank you, Richie. I owe you my life, she told me with a smile as she touched my chest and added that I should sit down. There wasn't much time left before Julio would return and she said that there was a few things that she needed to tell me to prepare for his arrival. It's not often that someone like me can even defy a sheriff. We are bound as their mates by the pillion long before we are even created. But our ways have been dead for quite some time. And some of us do not know how to move on. I have been gathering my strength in order to attempt to break free and thanks to you. I have my chance. When Julio returns, I will kill him, she told me. How could I help? I asked nervously. The only thing capable of killing someone as strong as Julio is by performing an ancient ceremony to awaken the Wikufe. You could call them soulless demons. They roam the earth, devouring all negative emotion in a vain effort to gain a sense of being, Eliza said with a scoff. The way she talked made it sound normal, but I was still perplexed by all of this. I don't think I'm familiar with any of this mythology, I admitted. Do I look like a legend to you, Richie? She asked, her eyes sparkling as she looked at me with the same seductive glint in her gaze. Was she really attracted to a loser like me? What could a pathetic human like me have to offer anyway? Okay. You have a point, but I don't want to get this ritual wrong. I mean, it's a demon, right? What if I piss it off? I asked. I will guide you every step of the way, she assured me. I checked the time. Julio could be back in less than an hour. It didn't seem like it would be enough time to learn the ins and outs of a complicated magic system, but Eliza had faith in me and I didn't want to disappoint her. Just by being yourself, you can control them. I trust you, she said as she started to guide me through the different phases. I could tell that she was nervous. Would Julio return with friends to do her in? How much time did we really have? I was having a hard time enough focusing when she was in front of me. Even though she was clothed, her new heavenly body was too much for me to handle. I wanted to touch every curve. Then before I knew it, there was a rapping at the door and Julio had returned. I know that you're in there. I can smell your fear. He snarled for some reason and I was feeling cocky and retorted back. You sure that isn't yourself there, bud? Julio responded with a burst of fire under the door. I jolted back and looked toward Eliza in concern. Do you understand how to summon the Wukufe? She asked me anxiously. I didn't like the way that she was talking. Did she intend to die here if I couldn't get this working? How did she expect me to learn the, this strange magic so quickly? I will give you one chance to make this right. Open the door and send that bitch to fry, and I will spare your life. Julio told me. I was desperately trying to finish the ritual, chanting the words that Eliza had told me to say. But instead, she chose to go confront the strange fiery demon. Keep working at it, Richie. I will hold him off, she said to me. I could tell that she wasn't as confident as she should be. 
but who knew how much longer Julio was? She opened the door and two legendary monsters stared down at each other. I worried that someone in the hall would see, but surprisingly, there was no one out there. Julio, you may have power over me now, but this is about to change. It will be fun to make you eat your words, the fire demon said, and then he struck like a cobra would be ready to devour its prey. It was hard to focus on what she told me to do when I was hearing this legendary fight going on right outside my door. All of Julio's body was nearly transformed into molten lava, his mouth spewing fire as Eliza tried to wrap herself around him. The heat had to be intense because I could feel it from within my apartment. I did the ritual again, this time for real. I couldn't afford to practice anymore, drawing the strange sigil on my floor and then waiting for something to happen. That was the most nerve-wracking experience ever. I could hear Eliza struggling to hold down Julio. Her skin was starting to melt. Every moment was torture for her. Then at last, there was a response from the air around me. Something that looked like a will-o'-wisps warmed into the room. At first, it was gentle and soft, twirling about my body like a brisk wind. Then it became angry, unstable, and fierce. It moved towards the two in conflict and shrieked its nameless fury. The sound of its arrival was enough for Julio to give pause. And the spirit attacked. I have seen a lot of strange things in my few days with Eliza, but to see this bizarre demon disintegrating before my eyes, it was the most disturbing of all. Julio let go of her and stumbled backwards aimlessly trying to stop the shapeless entity. Then it began to make his body temperature increase dramatically. His own body cracked and crumbled. He screamed in a language I had hardly understood and shot a few bursts of flames towards Eliza. But it was too late. Somehow I had successfully stopped this brute. As his body collapsed onto itself, the spirit twirled back up into the air and looked towards Eliza next. Did it plan to kill her as well? As stupid as it sounds, I ran up to block the path. The ghost ran straight through me like a bolt of lightning. It took Eliza's breath away and she fell to her knees, gagging as she felt it destroy her own life force. And then the spirit was gone, whisking away towards the sky. No. No, 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 no. I said as I fell to her side and I tried to keep her from fading. It's all right, Richie. It's all right. This is what I wanted to happen. At last, I too can pass on and join my ancestors. I can be free of beasts like Julio forever, she said as she touched my face softly. I didn't think that I would ever have a chance with her, but she pulled me closer and gave me a very warm kiss. I owe you more than that. But circumstances don't allow, she admitted. I smiled and brushed her hair back. It was a pleasure meeting you, I told her. Maybe we can meet again in the next life, she suggested. Then her body started to transform into ash. She gripped my hand, gasping for breath to the very end. Then she was gone and I was alone, staring at the ash as it drifted down the hall. I like to think I learned a few things from my horrific experience with Eliza. 
the world is a lot more complicated and intricate than I ever knew. And I think she actually taught me how to stand up for myself. I've been thinking I can't blame anyone except for myself for my dating problems. I should put myself out there. That's what I'm going to do. I don't know how, if that means I will ever meet a woman as intriguing as her again. But life is too short. Not to at least try. <laughs>